The Diamond Disruptor is a free podcast with no ads. Please hit subscribe now on your chosen platform and rate and review our show. The people that haven't heard about lab-grown diamonds or really don't know what they are, are are really stuck in an old mindset. And and you know what? This is one of those product categories where monthly the yes. numbers are changing. Laboratory-grown diamond or a created diamond is uh, chemically, physically, optically, atomically the same as the diamond mined from the earth. Fab. Okay, so let me just put it on airplane and I'm just going to turn my email off. And you sound you sound good to me. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> so we can um I um recording as of now so whenever you're ready just shoot well how do you guys and how do you guys do your show with uh squadcast it's quite clunky and quite difficult <laughs> right because other guests we spent hours going where do i see the little sign how do <laughs> right. I, you, know, you can imagine it's pretty clunky but you know we we, we get there in the end hi welcome to lockdown culture the new podcast from country and townhouse with me, Ed Vasey. I am no less than the culture editor of Country and Townhouse magazine. And every week, while we are in lockdown, I'll be discussing my top cultural picks with my old friend and associate, Charlotte Metcalf, who is also involved with this wonderful magazine, Country and Townhouse, because she is the associate editor. Hello, Charlotte. Hello, Ed, and I'm absolutely delighted to be launching this podcast with you. Today on the Diamond Disruptor podcast, we examine how culture has been affected by COVID-19 and how culture diamonds play an important role in a chat with Charlotte Metcalf, renowned documentary filmmaker and associate editor of the UK's Country and Townhouse magazine, a premier periodical examining culture and fashion. First, some Diamond Disruptor housekeeping. It's been a while since our last episode. Controversy Part 1, which examined the controversial DPA report, paid for by the mined diamonds industry, in which we brought to light the biased elements of that report. After all, it states that mining for diamonds and the stones that process yields is actually better for the environment than culturing diamonds. We encourage you to do your own research to see the truth, that cultured diamonds creation is the most environmentally responsible option for diamonds now and for the future. And in our next episode, Controversy Part 2, debuting next week, we'll be speaking with Dr. Salim H. Ali, Blue and Gold Distinguished Professor of Energy and the Environment at the University of Delaware, who further underlines the indispensable value of cultured diamonds, and to further examine that contested DPA report. Don't miss it, and make sure you don't by subscribing to our show. And now, where has COVID left Larkin Berry? On Monday, June 15th, Larkin Berry's flagship brick-and-mortar in London reopened its retail space for in-store shopping. This amidst remaining concern over the continuing presence of the COVID-19 virus. At the time of this podcast release, there have been over 8 million coronavirus cases recorded worldwide and nearly 450,000 deaths. COVID-19 is serious, and Larkin Berry's store is taking the utmost care in keeping customers safe. A world of wearing masks, social distancing, frequent hand-washing and sanitizing is what we've all become accustomed to for months now. And as physical retail and generally sharing public space again resumes, there are questions that need answering. 
When will things feel normal again? Is the retail space as we commonly knew it changed forever? Will the time we've had to reflect result in we humans taking more care toward our environment? Country and Townhouse Magazine Associate Editor Charlotte Metcalf joined me via Zoom, which thanks to the podcast gods went smoothly, to talk about her background, COVID, and her new podcast examining pop culture in the world of epidemic isolation. It's called Lockdown Culture, and you can find it on iTunes and Spotify. So you, you and Ed Vasey, the culture editor of Country and Townhouse, just started a podcast called Lockdown Culture. How did your show come about? It came about because I've known Ed for years and years. So I met Ed when he was uh, years ago, long before he was Minister for Culture, and he was our longest ever serving Minister for Culture. He was really popular and good at it. But I met him when I was still making political documentaries and I met him around then when I was doing a film about our former leader of the opposition, William Hague, and we became friends. And then I interviewed him for um, Country and Town House. And then I asked him to come and chair our annual panel at the wonderful Hay Festival that's happening just around now. And he was really good at that. We go there as a magazine every year and have a panel where we talk about great British brands and he was great at that. So our editor invited him to be the culture editor and then when uh, of the magazine. And then when lockdown happened, um, Ed and I just went, this is crazy. You know, we've all got to get more digital and and have more fun. And, and so we started the podcast. It's just been great fun. So we cover everything from books to Netflix to art to everything that's coming at us digitally. Um, and so far, so good. Yeah, and one thing I'm reminded of listening to your show is how much, obviously, how much of a theater culture London has versus LA, of course, where I am. Um, and by the sounds of your podcast, you guys are are missing being able to go to the theater. And and I and you've touched on the show how there's there's a program I guess going on in London now, right? Of um of live streaming theater shows. Is that is that how it's working right now? I mean, it, it, London has been astonishing the way it stepped up to the plate. I mean, so many theatres, like the National Theatre has been streaming live once a week because it, it did National Theatre Live anyway, which was incredibly successful because it filmed everything absolutely beautifully. So it's now started streaming that free. Once a week, you get a different fantastic top hit. So, you know, we've had things like Frankenstein with Johnny Lee Miller and Benedict Cumberbatch in it and all sorts of fantastic shows that people might have missed have been streaming live um, once a week and they don't charge for it, but it's amazing how generous people have been and how much money they've managed to raise because I think people really want to support them. But beyond that, what is really interesting is how much the theatres are becoming creative and inventive. So we've just covered this fantastic show that the Donmar Warehouse did with Diana Quick. There's a one-man one woman show rather and she recorded it with webcam from her bedroom and it was only half an hour long and that was everyone's been watching that and raving about it it's called it's called um I think it's called something like your time midnight midnight your time and it's about a lonely woman trying to get hold of her daughter in Palestine so it's incredibly apt for isolation even though it was written 10 years ago but things like that are going on and then now we've got an even more amazing thing so the English National Opera is coming up with the idea of doing drive-in opera so you can stay sealed in your car <laughs> and go and they'll put a device on your windscreen so you can hear it and you can go and see some fantastic festival and uh, spectacle and they're going to launch this at 
Alexander Palace in September. So there's a lot of really creative thinking that's coming out of this lockdown that isn't necessarily a bad thing and in the end will enable more people to see and hear and listen to and experience culture. So it can't all be bad. Charlotte has had such an amazing career, and with country and townhouse being so influential in fashion culture, I wanted to ask her how Culture Diamonds came into her world. Same as I want to know from many of our guests, as they come from so many different walks of life of retail, science, and cultural influence. I, I want to talk about Larkin Berry and how you guys took notice of it. Country and townhouse picked Larkin Berry to be one of your great uh, British brands of 2020 and and they're very proud when did you when did you first take notice notice of culture diamonds in general as an evolving tech well i think uh personally um i've always been really fascinated by um jewelry and mining for jewels and gold and that kind of thing and its impact on on not just the environment, but on people, because having made so many documentaries all over Africa, I've long been really super conscious of blood diamonds and all that kind of thing. And I remember writing very early on about an initiative called Fonderie 47, where um, James de Givenchy with um, another social entrepreneur called Peter Tum, they were um, getting... old assault AK-47 rifles and melting them down and turning them with diamonds and gold into extraordinary bits of jewellery and and actually trying to do that to limit um, weapons and conflict and that sort of thing. So I think whereas in the past, I think diamonds in particular have had quite a bad reputation for have you know exploiting people and that kind of thing i think now they can you know jewelry can be seen as an enormous force for good and i think because it's such a luxury and because so much money is involved with it it's it's it can really rally support around what it's doing and i think um cultured diamonds are absolutely fascinating i mean the idea you can grow something of such purity and beauty and hardness and endurance in a lab is just quite phenomenal and interesting and I think as well you know um one one of the reasons we would choose Larkin Berry to be a great British brand we're quite particular about who we take on and and I think there are three things that are really really important to us you know the first being a really you know a brand must know what it is and what it's standing for and must be able to define that purpose very clearly and I think you do that you know you are very clearly a kind of sustainable culture diamonds you know anti any kind of exploitation or harm to the environment brand and we like that and you know we also like the fact that um, you know any brand that is able to be resilient and adaptable and survive and flourish even under enormous pressure like now we're interested in and the of course, the third thing always is absolute non-compromising commitment to excellence and quality, um, which you are displaying with your cultured diamonds. I, I want to hear a little bit about your history as a filmmaker and, and kind of how you ended up um, gravitating from that to, to being the editor of the magazine. I've sort of come in a funny full circle, really. I mean, I started off in life in movies and then pop videos. And then when pop videos got too mental, 
I sort of went wanted to do something really different. So I went off to live in Peshawar and went to Afghanistan and stuff, and then spent all those years in Africa. Um, but I was making very, very, very harrowing films about, you know, very gruesome subjects like rape and female genital mutilation and things like that. And very simply, I had daughters. And I before I had daughters, I was really tough. You know, I could film almost... And as long as I was looking at something through a camera, I could film almost anything. Right. You know, I really kind of, I won't say hard hearted, but I could do it. But as soon as I had daughters, I mean, they say motherhood changes you, but oh boy, you know, I just became a complete mess. I, you know, and, and I just, every child became potentially my child, especially little girls. And of course, a lot of the films I was making were about women's rights and, and, and issues that particularly affected um, girl children, early marriages and that kind of thing. And I just couldn't take it anymore. I was just becoming too emotional. So I, I stopped and I, but I was still very, uh, you know, kind of traumatized by everything I'd seen. So I wrote a book about my time in Africa called Walking Away. And then I thought, oh, maybe I could write now. And then also, you know, I think I've always been drawn to luxury, but partly because I spent so much time in in countries where people have absolutely nothing. So I think I've always been kind of attracted to things that are sort of beautifully made, that that are, are very rare, that most people can't get access to. And I was quite sort of interested in all that exclusive world and wondering if there was a way of making it more inclusive rather than exclusive and it was just became quite interested in the world of luxury and what it was doing with itself and and what relevance it had and that kind of thing and so I just gradually got drawn into the world of writing and magazines and and realized there was a lot going on and and so walk me through Walk, walk me through your your coronavirus lockdown experience. You you guys were just sort of chugging along with with uh, your, the magazine, and um, and then what was your experience of first hearing about it, and when did you realize? I mean, that it was even going on, and had come to the UK, and and when and how did you realize that it was going to drastically change the way the magazine operations went? Well, um, on on two levels. I mean, on a personal level, I actually went to Nicaragua just before the uh, virus and uh, my ex who lives in Greece in Athens came over here to look after my 15 year old daughter while I was away and of course Greece being fantastically efficient they shut all their airports and borders so he's still here and um, uh, my I have two daughters one's 21 and 15 and poor things they both had major exams cancelled major you know one had the oldest one had her finals at university cancelled and the younger one had her GCSEs cancelled so they're a bit miserable and that was when you know it hasn't really impacted me all that much I'm quite happy to sit at home and write and speak to people and that's kind of what I do for a living anyway but for them I think it's been tough but for the magazine in a way it's been quite good for us because we've really had to look at our digital offering um and that is the way all magazines are going anyway while we all love print they've got to raise their game digitally or they're not going to last so in many ways it's really forced us to look at that and start thinking more creatively about podcasting and that kind of thing so i think at the end of all this we'll see it as quite a fruitful and creative period 
Before Charlotte and I had to part ways, I wanted her final thoughts for the time being on where the planet stands now and where it might or should head, as we've all had some time during this lockdown culture, as it were, to reflect on things like climate change, to see what the world looks like to a degree, as we've been forced to give the planet a pause from our regular traveling habits as humans. So um, you're asking absolutely the right question, which is because I'm completely passionate about climate change. And I was interviewing a futurist called Mark Stevenson the other day, who described this as a training day for climate change. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about stuff like the, you know, this is the, the you know, the great humbling of capitalism. I mean, it, it, what, what I do think is that we have so neglected to invest in what really matters about this planet, you know, sustainability and, and, and saving all the things that make this planet so precious and beautiful, you know, and, and everything from, tourism to commerce really has in the last you know century or so i suppose everything post war has been so obsessed with profit and and building all that up and and boosting the economy and actually we really do need to get back to what matters and i think what's interesting about coming full circle back to brands is it's brands that are, n- are not looking after the planet and and not in any way, and brands that are in any way harming people or the environment are simply not going to last. I think there's an enormous swing um, on the behalf of all consumers everywhere that that we really do need to sit up and take notice because we might not have a planet if we carry on like this. And I think we have taken stock of that. And I think that brands who have had to fight their way through coronavirus are now going to see that the as soon as this is over the next step is to work out how they're going to deal with the realities of climate change because there are lots of all kinds of very serious physical realities they've got to think about you know you might have an office in a floodplain or you might have a you know a, a warehouse in an area that's going to be prone to forest fire you might have you know an environmental um activists are getting more and more um are going to uh, likely to be attacking more and more businesses that they perceive to be doing harm to the environment. So I think all businesses and brands everywhere are going to have to really wake up to this. And only those that are really, really committed to saving what's left of this beautiful place that we're living on um, are the only ones that are going to survive and last and thrive, I think. Thanks to Charlotte Metcalf for her amazing insight. And again, check out she and Ed Vasey's Lockdown Culture podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Tune in next week for our talk with Dr. Salim H. Ali when we'll again examine controversy in diamond mining. We plan on this episode of The Diamond Disruptor being just the beginning of exploring where fashion and luxury retail and diamonds are heading now in what we may tentatively be calling a post-first wave of COVID-19 world where things are slowly resuming normality. Larkin Berry wants everyone to learn more about cultured diamonds, the more environmentally responsible option in diamonds. We want everyone to know you have a choice now in buying luxury jewelry, and that there is only one choice that's truly sustainable for the future, and that's cultured jewelry, whether it's diamonds, emeralds, or sapphires. Subscribe to The Diamond Disruptor on your chosen platform for podcasts, and please rate and review us. Go to larkinberry.com to see the brand's jewelry. 
and follow Larkin Berry on social media at Larkin Berry. <laughs> <laughs>